keeping up with your family's appetites and keeping food costs down are big jobs these days. But when you cook with pet milk, it's easy to fix better, more nourishing meals at lower cost. And here's why. Pet milk is sweet... Co- and I think that was May 15th, 1951. Sweet Genevieve. Hello, Patricia. Hello, Alden. We are back. And we're back. Did we're... you catch the line at the end? I sure did. With the Gail Gordon line? or I know the one that Fibber, um, he, he didn't say it in a mean way, but the audience gave him a knee-jerk reaction when he said he wouldn't... He wouldn't say what um, the old, let me see what he said. I the truth that. of an old saying is, a woman's place is in the home. Oh, I missed that. I guess I was busy calling you, so I, get, yeah. I, I missed and that. It was at the very end, and most of the audience <sighs> laughed, but you could hear a couple of boo in the background, so kind well, of bombed on that one. <laughs> and let's face it, during that time... Uh, you had a lot of females in the workforce, especially because of World War II in California with the aircraft plants and things like mm-hmm. that. And I, even even uh, women who had gone back to roles as full-time homemakers had been out in the workplace, yeah, so yeah. they knew and they weren't going to forget for a very long time that they could roll up their sleeves and just do what had to be done. So I, I'm really surprised that they kind of sneak that in there, even in a in a joking way. Uh, it was a joking way, mm-hmm. and he justified it, not justified it. He um, softened it. Give me a word here. <laughs> I've lost my words. Uh, they they went the way of the clock, I guess. But it it was not a jibe. It was not a poke. It was not a, a mean spirited no. comment that he made. But it was one that had come out of society that belonged with something like that's a good salary for a woman yep. and it didn't go over very well and I don't ever recall um, and they must be in there but I don't recall anything that was had a, had a social poke to it mm-hmm. do you remember any of the shows that had that? well I guess it depends on what you classify you know I'm, I'm thinking of Uncle Dennis and his drinking, you know, I think mm-hmm. the teasing of being the Irish, being heavy drinker kind of thing. Right. Uh, I don't know if we could really classify that. But, um, but as a broad base, I, I can't really think of t- too many others, really, of the show. Yeah, and I'm, I'm doing the same thing that I think is a pretty common thing to do in that I am judging a 1951 show by 2010 yeah. with a 2010 mind. And I don't. That's interesting. And I generally, probably because I've been listening to these for since 1976 or so, I, I don't even have that. Yeah. And it's not class. really a judgment. No. It's that for, for a comment like a woman's place is in the home, it goes, ooh, yeah. because it's so out of step with what we do today. I guess so. And, and, and maybe... When I listen to old-time radio, I guess I'm not a judgmental person by nature anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, that that I I realize that some of the the humors and jokes is period time based. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of people um, 
really strive today how comedy back then was more stereotypical. Well, it's hard for a writer to create things in a very short period of time mm-hmm. without trying to being, put them in a place in a period of time, being somewhere of a, a typical nature. It, it was an era. You're absolutely right. Every decade had its own, and still has, its own set of social mores. And this one just didn't quite fly. It was beyond its time. Mm-hmm. And it, I think somebody just misread the social ambiance at the time. And we wound up with a comment that just didn't fly with some of the audience. It was really quite remarkable. Yeah. And there were stereotypical roles. The, the 40s and the 50s were built on stereotypes. Mm-hmm. So it's not an offensive thing no. to hear in a show, not for me anyway. No. Maybe some people uh, really do have some reactions and some bad feelings about some of the things that go on in the shows. But it was a reflection of the social times at that time. Right. Correct. I agree a thousand percent. That's what you said. Yeah. <laughs> I just said I just said the same thing. Well, you just said you just said it better than I did. No, all. I didn't. I didn't say yes, it better, did. but I think we're both looking at this in the same light. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that somebody on the writing team, and I guess it was Phil Leslie, who just missed a beat here. Either that, yeah. or they had an unusual combination of people in the audience. You know, and um, let's face it, some of these writers, it's been very hard for them to get a judgment on what's going on in society, because a lot of them, they were leaving, breathing, putting together the show week by week. They didn't have a time to sit there and do a survey, right. an observation of what was going on all the time. I, I think that's probably explain why Fred Allen was probably a little different, because he absorbed, what was it, 14 new papers in a week, so he probably had a, a different base. Mm-hmm. To write from, yeah, you know, seven one four five four five two zero seven one. We are still have the phone line open for you. Yeah, I know. Don't tell Patricia, but it's twenty after four on the west on the east coast. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't tell me that. I'm all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed here. I know. She, she, and we still have a thousand trivia questions for a thousand with a thousand and one, a thousand and two, and. Next week, I really am trying my best to pull together some information, and I'll do it. I mean, trying my best, for goodness sakes, I'll do it. Um, I'm going to have some information about premiums that were offered on some of these shows. For example, and this one probably is one of the biggest in history, when Lum and Abner offered their flashlight, the Horlicks flashlight. I never knew they had a flashlight. They did. They had a Horlicks flashlight. It was in 1935, and it was at a time when they were, I I guess they were trying to decide who was going to be president of the store. Really? Okay. Do you recall that? No, I do not. No. And it was early on. Mm -hmm. But they talked with the Horlicks people. This is as part of the show. They talked with the Horlicks people and said, we'd like to give away this premium, a little flashlight, and... Harlick said, that's fine, you can do that. And they put it out on the air, and the response swamped them, absolutely swamped them. For weeks they were saying, we didn't forget you. You're going to get your flashlight. We just had to go back. They had to go back into production again. They ran out. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. 
I know the Jack Armador, the Jack Armstrong pedometer, they made over a million of those. Okay, so there's another one yeah. that was a huge success. And the thing that's so funny listening to those, Patricia, that the the address where you send away is was so simple. Like uh General Mills, box twenty, Chicago, Illinois. Right. Right. And they they'd say something like mm-hmm. XYZ, Fifth mm-hmm. Avenue, New York. Mm-hmm. New York? Yeah. You know, I mean, they wouldn't say New York, New York. They might say New York City, mm-hmm. but New York meant New York City. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you're right. It, it's just amazing. I listened to Henry Aldrich. I know I mentioned this last week. They're on the phone all the time. So that particular show puts emphasis on this, that each person had a three-digit phone number. Yeah. No prefix, no area code, just yeah. three digits. That's amazing. I don't wonder if no you ever, dial. They had to go through the operator, of course. I wonder if we ever knew what Fibber Molly's number was. I don't think so. I've I never heard it. So. I don't think I've ever heard it. We know the I address. I'm my ears again and start the show all over <laughs> again. <laughs> Excuse me, and listen to see whether or not we get... Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, 714-545-2071. Uh, next Saturday night, the night before Easter, we all wish you a wonderful Easter, and we'll be with you next Saturday night on April the 3rd. Uh, we'll have Ronnie Burr, one of the Mickey Mouse Club members at the top of the show. At 10.30 Eastern, he'll be on with me for a half hour. And then Patricia will come on around 11 o'clock Eastern time, give or take a few minutes, so we'll have more time to play. The kids are coming out to play early next week. I know. We... This is super. <laughs> However, I have one more PS on the premiums. Yes. I really want people to think about this and remember, if they can, the premiums that they got either in cereal boxes or they sent away mm-hmm. or something with atomic spurs or something like that. Right. But I'm trying. I, I, I have found a couple of sites that have dates on the shows that offered these particular premiums, like Captain Midnight and Little Orphan Annie. And today I started squirreling through my files and I am putting together a collection of shows that give away premiums. Terrific. You know what premium in the mid-30s on February McGee and Molly White, don't you? Oh, no. Oh, shame on me, no. Uh, You don't. Uh, You know, when you say things and I say, oh yeah, I remember that. (laughs) What is it? A fibber top and a molly top. They're actually spinning tops. One with a picture of fibber. And these were premiums that yes. way on the show? Uh, or somehow, maybe you picked them up from your Johnson Wax dealer or something like that. Oh, oh, oh. And How a, interesting. About 1936, 37? I think the 36. I think the library show from March 2nd, 36 has it. Where he's got overdue books? I think, uh, oh, no, well, he's selling the encyclopedia door to door. Oh, that's early, early. Yeah. Okay, I do have that show. Yeah, I think that is the one that they mentioned at the end about the Fibber and Molly p- tops. That is really amazing. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. And I think, got... if I recall, I think you had to write through your local radio station. So probably a survey to see what stations had the best impact upon each date, uh, show, I guess. How very interesting. So that's the one I can think of on Fibber, McGee, and Molly. Uh, of course, with Great Ghost Leaf, uh, you had the 
one from I think it was nineteen the, the Go to Free Blade. Oh the, yes. The knife. And I think yeah, they, Bill, had, they had a couple on Gildersleeve. Mm-hmm. They had a, they had a couple. That's the one I can think of. I know Kim and Bill have one that was sent. And also, uh, Kim showed it to me, and this is fun. On a certain craft product, the the metal lid had a figure of Gildersleeve on it. Mm-hmm. So. It's so, I'm having so much fun going out there. I'm not going to earn a living for the, <laughs> for the next six months <laughs> because I'm having so much oh, fun. Oh, we're going to have to figure a way to make it turn into a couple pennies yes, for Patricia. Yes, or, Oh, gosh. Make, make some money out of the little orphan Annie Shake-A-Mug. Yeah. Or whatever. Shake-Up shake, shake Mug? Uh-huh. Shake-Up Mug. Shake-Up Mug, yeah. Shake-Up Mug, yeah. Oh. But this is this is fun. I pulled up the Encyclopedia Salesman is really early, March second, nineteen thirty six. Right, I think that's the one at the ending commercial. Okay, well, I'll check that out later okay. and see whether or not we've got a premium in yeah. there. But um, as as I say, and, and if I don't have it in my files, I've got some places where I can go hunt and squirrel around and see if I can find the individual shows. But I that'll be kind of fun having a sure. a collection of shows that have premiums in them. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. And maybe we can grab pictures off the internet that add them as a, uh, a file under the desk somehow. Yep, I can do that. Yeah. I know how to do that. You're so good. Yeah. 714-545-2071. We got another Fibber McGee and Molly show coming up next, everybody. But uh, Patricia and I will be with you next weekend, April the 3rd. And Easter, April the 4th. And then uh, Friday, April the 16th, will be the big day. And I'll verify with Robert Easton. He'll be our first guest if we start right at the top at 3 o'clock Eastern or maybe go at 2. I will find out then. And we'll dedicate at least a dozen hours to Fibber, McGee, and Molly. The kids will go come out and play. <laughs> kids will be out playing. Yeah. And we'll have lots of fun that day. That's really going to be a fun day. I hope so. And I think, why not? Why not? Why not? 714-545-2071. Did everybody go to bed? I uh, think everybody went to bed. Is everybody, all the kids are... It's a wise all, thing to do. Hmm? Is all the kids up and playing with, you know? Or? I think they're, they're just about ready to get back up. Did mom and dad go to bed and leave the kids alone? That probably would happen. Yeah. Ah. I start to play. Yep. Yep. So, I also have... And I'll save this for next week. Pages of Burma Shave ads. Ooh, that will be good. That will really kick off the show. Oh, they are so much fun. Uh, it, it really, let me. And I know I mentioned to you the other day mm-hmm. about Burma Shave having been very conscious about road safety. Right. Right. And uh, here's, here's one it says the safest rule no ifs or buts, just drive like everyone else is nuts. <laughs> Burma shave. <laughs> they should still use those today. Oh sure. Yeah. They could, but each each little segment, the safest rule, and then you'd go to an, mm-hmm. another sign. No ifs or buts, and then the next sign would say just drive, like everyone else, and the final one would be is nuts, and then the next one would be Burma shave. So that one would get one, two, three, four, five, six. I guess everything, all of them. Well. Looks like all of them have six signs. And you'd watch for them as you went along. So they're going to be fun. I, I have uh, some really fun ones in there. How was the weather this week in uh, Florida? 
weather has been so much better on our poor farmers, and they're just the the winter crops were pretty much wiped out. You know, the tomatoes and vine veggies that we grow here. I don't think an awful lot of people who haven't spent an amount of time in Florida realize that we are a big agricultural state here. So we've got farms and citrus groves all over the place, cattle ranches. We have cattle ranches here. And the cold just wiped them out. And I just read this week that the market has gone bluey for strawberries. We have a section of the state that is the strawberry center. And they have plowed their crops underground. They've just gone out with the plows and them under. So our our farmers were really hurt very badly this year. So I squeak about the weather, but they got hurt. Squeak, squeak. I know. But it's nice. It's uh, it's still 67 right now. That's good. And tomorrow I'm looking at my little doohickey widget on the computer. It's got thunderstorm clouds for tomorrow and Monday. So maybe I'll get some lightning and thunder tomorrow. That would be good. I like that. Patricia likes sound effects. (laughs) Right. I'm good on sound effects. Okay, so everybody has to show up next week. Um, No, they don't have to. Would you please show up next week with some thoughts about premiums? And I will have Burma Shave ads if you've got some to stick in there. And it's going to be fun. And we'll have more bonus questions. Patricia will have a few more ready to go. Oh, yes. And regular. Oh, my goodness. I've got a whole pile of regular questions. Maybe I should give some, just an idea. Ah, here's a good one. I should probably make this one a bonus. When you bought a Nash, what did you get? Ah, that's a good one. Okay. All right. Want another one? I got a whole bunch of product ones for tonight. And nobody called in. Cresta Blanca. (laughs) It's so funny that that Jim touched on Cresta Blanca. Okay, we've got, um, I know at least two products that were named Lark. Excuse me, L-A-R-K, Lark, Hmm. and all I need is one, one product that was named Lark. And another one is, what had eight great tomatoes in a little bitty can? Eight great tomatoes in a little bitty can. You know that one. But maybe this one should be a bonus, too. Uh How did Rice-A-Roni get its name? Oh, you're good. No wonder you don't get anything done. You're out playing. I'm, I know. I mean, isn't this great stuff? I wish I could figure out a way to <laughs> get paid for playing. <laughs> this is good. Either that or find somebody who's going to be willing to pay my rent. Oh, I agree. I agree. Maybe that would be easier. That might be easier, <laughs> yeah. Earning money, having fun. Yeah. So, anyway, that's my week. I had a great week. How about you? Hey, it's always good. I you can't don't know how to have an ungood week. You know, I'm just blessed to be here. You really, you really are remarkable. You, you just, you know, you could be lying under a train I and know. say, "I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'll be cool." Yeah. Give me yeah. a bandaid. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. You know, that's me. That's, you know, life is too short to worry about being half full and half empty. So you might as well look at it half full. I just get a smaller glass and make it all full. And, you know, that's good. Oh, I love that. Patricia, copyright that one. I think that's you a, like that? I like that one. You just said that for the first time. I'll write I write down. that one down, you know. Because Patricia and I were in the chat room this week, and I think we both feel that we are guests in your home. And we really appreciate 
you turn on the computer or the Wi-Fi or for the phone service to have it come into your home every weekend. And we're grateful. Very grateful. Yeah. That was that was your thought. I know. Well, but Walton put it out uh, as a message that mm-hmm. each time a person tunes into Yesterday USA, we become guests in your home, mm-hmm. and we have to behave ourselves and <laughs> do nice things. Yep. But it really is. We're guests in, in your homes, and that was Walden's thought. And I thought, wow, you know, that's really true. We try. Yes, we do. Sometimes I'm trying, but <laughs> I, I, I do my best not to be. Sometimes I, I am. Aww. I can. I can be a brat, you know? No. No. Uh-huh. No. Uh-huh. But no. I won't let you. <laughs> as long as you think I can't, that's cool. <laughs> that's really cool. Okay, you want me to give us the, um, the next one? Sure. I was looking at the date of it, and I think we're ready. Okay. It is called Home Power Plant. Good old Fibber. He's, <laughs> and this is actually what prompted me to get moving uh, on the home remedies. Uh, Leonard was talking about them in the chat room, and I thought, well, here's Fibber doing a home remedy because he decided he's paying too much for electricity, so he's going to fix it himself. And he goes down to the Bonton and he gets an army um, surplus. It's called a little Vulcan home power plant. Poor Molly, ever patient, ever suffering Molly. So he's got a home remedy, and it's going to turn out as a typical fiber project, of course, but um, it, it was kind of fun. He's got a, a solution to his problem. He thinks he's paying too much for electricity, and by God, he called them money-mad fuse boxes at the power Wonderful. company. So that's what we've got. It's home power plant, March 25th, 1947. I hope you enjoy it, and I will be with Walden again next week. That's true. We got. We'll play the show, and we'll and we'll turn the show. We'll turn back to the automation system after the show. Okay. So, Patricia, thank you for being with me. Thank you for having me. I'm really having a wonderful time. Thanks, Walden. And thanks, you listeners, for letting us come in and play. And, and for calling. And for it was calling. so much fun to talk with all of you tonight. Thank you, Lucy, for calling us, Patricia. Uh, Leonard and J- Jim, we love you all for doing that, and next week, you're welcome to come all back in. So with that, March 25th, 
No, no, of course. The glow coat is self-polishing. There's no rubbing or buffing. It shines as it dries. So only one thing remains to do. Ask your dealer tomorrow for Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. The fair finish with the red bright shine. Light Company serves its customers well and faithfully, night and day. The West Vista Power and Light Company maintains a rate schedule lower than most cities of comparative size. Mm. The employees of the West Vista Power and Light Company are cheerful, courteous, and helpful. Mm. That's one side of the debate. For the negative, we have himself, of Fibber McGee and Molly. So with that, may the good Lord Jesus Christ bless you, and this is Yesterday USA. Love you all. Talk to you Sunday night at 10.30 Eastern Time, Lord willing. Here we go. To call it a day, they've burst your pretty balloon and taken the moon It's time to wind up the masquerade. Just make your mind up. The piper must be paid. The party's over. The candles flicker and dim You danced and dreamed through the night It seemed to be right Just being with him The party's over It's all over 
life you hear three tones ring out. They have a special meaning, so hear what it's all about. It's the Friday Night Show with your hosts, Frank Brizzy and Walden Hughes. Walden and Frank. And hello, everybody. Hope you're all doing well. This is Walden Hughes. It is Friday night, April the 2nd, 2010. Good Friday to everybody, and I hope everybody has a wonderful Easter this Sunday. And good news, Frank Brzee. Anyway, he is upgrading in the swallowing process. Have moved from applesauce to bananas, and if he passes swallowing tests here in a couple of weeks, they will remove the feeding tube. So that's all good news. Anyway, we're gonna appreciate that in our prayer tonight. Brand new interview with Paul Carnegie who was the last gentleman to be Cato in the Green Hornet. Then, we'll feature Frank Percy's several, I think, three-part interview with Les Tremaine. Les would have been 97 here in a couple weeks, so we're going to feature that interview tonight. Then we're going to feature some radio shows Featuring Doris Day. Doris' birthday is tomorrow. Tomorrow, Ronnie Burr, who is one of the uh, Mickey Mouse uh, kids of the Mickey Mouse Clubs, will be with me live. And Patricia will have her trivia, her games, her fibber shows tomorrow night. Sunday, Easter, we got a couple great Easter programs. And it will feature uh, Richard, um, no, Ray Bream's interview with Sam Frank talking about Ronald Coleman. And we'll see what other goodies. Future, a week from tonight, Friday, April the 9th, Leonard Smith is going to join us live to talk about his days in radio. And he's best known for being Stretch Snodgrass in our mixed books. Two weeks from today, April 16th, will be a very big day. We'll be celebrating 75th birthday of Fibber McGee and Molly. Patricia and I will enjoy the day, co-host the day. We'll start way early. At least at the tender point, 3 o'clock Eastern. We might start at 1.30. I'll know next week. We'll have live guests throughout the day cast members of the Fibber McGee and Molly show. From Robert Easton, to Glory McMillan, to Sherry Mitchell, a uh, gentleman who's written the Fibber McGee and Molly book. We'll pull out Frank Percy's archive uh, with Jim Jordan. We'll have a 
great day and other features. Celebrating Fibber McGee and Molly's 75th year in broadcasting. But first, let's get to our prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this radio station. Thank you for all the good news on Frank Uh Please let him pass the swallowing test in a couple of weeks, and he can keep making more improvements. Thank you for this wonderful Easter celebration weekend. Thank you for dying on, our, on the cross for our sins. That those of us who believe in you will, will have eternal life. Thank you so much. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Now, here is my interview that was done this week with Paul Carnegie. Hi, everybody. I'm Walter Hughes. And on the other line, a gentleman who worked during the golden days of radio over at the famous radio station WXYZ. Paul Carnegie, welcome to Yesterday USA. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much for letting me be with you. Sure. How did you get started in radio? Well, that goes back a long, long ways. It was one of my ambitions when I was uh, just a, actually pretty small. I was probably 10, 12 years old at that time. I decided I wanted to be a radio announcer. And uh, let everybody know that uh, in high school we had uh, a class called uh, Radio Unit Southeastern. High school I went to in Detroit, Southeastern Radio Unit. Uh, took classes there. And all my friends knew I was interested in that. And just coincidentally, one of the young ladies that was part of the group that I was friends with, uh, her sister was dating a disc jockey who was with, uh, at that time, WCAR in Pontiac, Michigan. And uh, I was introduced to him, and he invited me out to spend some time with him at the radio station and found it fascinating, and then some. He moved shortly after that to a station in Port Huron, Michigan, WHLS, and I went to visit him there. It's only about an hour's drive plus from Detroit to um, Port Huron. And while I was there, he introduced me to the station manager, and he said, uh, this was, oh, in spring of uh, 1950, and he introduced me to the manager, and without me knowing it, said to the manager, hey, Paul would like to have a job, and the manager said, what do you do? I said, well, uh, be a radio announcer. Okay, well, we're looking for somebody to do maybe some summertime fill-ins, if you'd like to do that, let's, let's talk a little bit, let's do an audition. I did, and he hired me to, to do a summer vacation, which is where I am today. And uh, I actually uh, then, we got the, the, the construction permit, the license, and I moved from Detroit to the to Peoria area and uh, built the radio station, got it going, kept it going for some years, and we had partnership difficulties, and I sold that, and that was my last tenure, actually, as a regular full-time radio guy. After that, I just dabbled in voiceovers and things like that. Peoria, Illinois is such a great part of American radio history. Uh, Fibber McGee and Molly. Yeah, Amos and Andy. Yep, Charles Correll. Yeah. You betcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, good old-time radio people from Peoria. Sure, uh, Chick Hearn. Yeah. Chick Hearn. Yeah. yeah. So going back to Peoria. Yeah. Wow. Well, gosh, Paul, I want to really thank you for your time today. Well, listen, face it. Anybody who wants to ask me questions, I'll be happy to tell you all about it. <laughs> And I appreciate it. You're talking about, talk about yourself, you know. That's I know. Joys of life. <laughs> I know. Thank you so much. All right, my pleasure. Bye. And that was Paul Carnegie, who was the last Cato of the Green Hornet show. Now, what trimming would have been 97 in a few weeks? And we're going to feature Frank Perzee's three-part interview with the birthday guy. Here we go. Next, 
the golden days of radio. Hi, this is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are presenting some of your favorite radio shows, plus in person, radio's most famous leading man, Les Tremaine. start the picture, or you can be just another slug around the, the studio, you know. Um, you have to fight for position all the time in, in uh, uh, pictures and television. Highly competitive. And it ain't worth it anymore, Frank. You know, right let's face it. I've been in show business for 64 years. What am I doing? You must have started as a child actor. Yeah, in England with my mother. <laughs> motion pictures, as a matter of fact. Did you? Yeah. Uh, some, of the, uh, some of the films that, uh, that are done now, uh, I, I don't think have the same flavor as, as radio did. And I, and I know the radio actors that I know and the people that have been on this show have so much more in their voice uh, than a lot of the actors do that uh, that do the uh, soaps today. They don't they don't look the part, or if they look the part, they certainly don't sound the part. That's why I resent it when people say, "Oh, radio actors, they were good readers." We had to be better actors than what you see in television. Believe me. No question about it. Because you did it all with your voice, and of course we had the help of the public, who the listener, who did it with his or her imagination. You know. Well, what you know. We've got some more imagination, but we're going to have to wait until tomorrow. Usually, uh, the okay. show's uh, from Vegas on Friday, but if you'll join me, we'll talk about Helen Hayes and some of the comedy shows that you've done and maybe play another blow-up. Let's go to Vegas. Okay, let's fast-forward, and we'll play part three. Uh, Frank Brzee's interview with Wes Tremaine, everybody. And here we go. <laughs> 